This is Talking Junk, the podcast that's 100% accurate when thrown at point-blank range. My name is Jason Melendez, welcoming you to the 10th episode of Talking Junk. So big, we had to do it in two parts this week. Uh, The second part of this Big Ten will air 48 hours after this one touches your earbuds. And we did something a little different for part two. We went live on IG and Facebook, and we had a few guests along the way. Oris, the old guy, showed up. Dom Brightman and Jay Vargas joined in the conversation. We did have other past guests slated to join, but the stars didn't all align that night, and it didn't stop us from having fun. So much fun, we will now be airing a live episode at least once a month. And just like the first time, you never know who's going to stop by. We had fun, but we also had technical difficulties. So a two to three hour live got cut in half because I still have no idea what I'm doing half the time. But I'm still gonna keep bringing you content after content after content. So be on the lookout for the live episode in 48 hours for when this airs and every month after. Our guest today is Fermi Simpson. Fermi is an ordained minister, a psychologist, a mentor, a chaplain at a nursing home, and a newly found life coach. She's a big reason you listen to Talking Junk today, so that's why we waited for the first part of the Big Ten episode. So without further ado, Chaplain Fermi Simpson on Talking Junk. Yay! <laughs> Yay! You heard that? Well, obviously, because if not, you wouldn't be hearing this. But if you are hearing me right now, this could be your voice advertising your business. Or I could even be the voice promoting your business, because you know I sound good. But seriously, email me at talkingjunkthepodcast at gmail.com and let your business ring in the ears of our listeners from around the world. Low funds? No problem. We could work with any budget. So what are you waiting for? Email me now. What do you got to lose? Yay, yay! (laughs) Yay! Welcome back to Talking Junk. I'm sitting here with my guest this week, Chaplain Fermi Simpson. How are you doing tonight, Chaplain? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well, uh, Jason. Um, just the idea of being a chaplain and, and being on a platform where, <laughs> where you're talking junk <laughs> almost don't even make any sense, but um, it does. It actually does because um, when we can turn the junks in our lives into a message of inspiration, it's a good thing. And being a chaplain, you know, um, I'm on the side of positivity, of turning everything that is junky into a, <laughs> into a message. Even if it stays as a junk, that's okay. <laughs> because there's a reason behind everything in life. So thank you for having me on Talking Junk. Well, the, the pleasure is all ours. Uh, we try to do that here. We try to make one man's junk another man's treasure because not every day uh, words of inspiration are taken as inspiration. So it all depends on whose ear is uh, doing the listening. So thank you for being on. That is so true. So uh, let's start off by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself. 
Well, I'm a chaplain. Uh, among many other things that I do, I'm an ordained minister. Um, I'm a chaplain. Um, I'm a mother. <laughs> I'm a mother of three beautiful children. Um, you know, I'm a citizen. And um, I'm a people person. So, but tonight I'm here to speak from the voice, you know, the chaplain's voice. And you're also here to uh, give promotion to your new page, uh, yes. your, your counseling page on Facebook. You're looking to, to take in uh, new patients. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, as a chaplain, I feel that the work that I do, um, I'm limited. Um, you know, I am limited to to the um, to the population. I should say that um, that I am called to uh, to work with. I feel that I can go behind the the four walls and do more. Um, considering the situations that we're facing today with coronavirus and everything else going on in the world. Um, there's a need for people to inspire others, to motivate others, to keep people, you know, um, in a place of um, positivity, to to look to look at life, you know, in spite of the situations, to look at life from a positive um, outlook. And so, um, I have recently uh, finished, um, you know, my license uh, for a. Um, um, life coach. I wanted to have that credential. I wanted to attach that to my ministerial license in order to coach people out because not everybody wants to be approached from a spiritual perspective. You know, even though everything has a spiritual connection to it, because anytime you do something from the inside, your empowerment is done from the inside. It comes from the inside. It there's a spiritual aspect, but not everybody wants to hear it from a ministerial perspective. So um, approaching it as a life coach you know um it gives people more uh, put people more at ease you know uh to embrace um the message that i have the um you know the service that i'm providing um it makes them more at ease to to accept it and so the name of my um coaching practice is better life coaching better life coaching now you also have a facebook page called fermi's voice and you correct. you do a sermon on there every weekend correct it's actually it's not so much a sermon a sermon is what i do every sunday morning at my church <laughs> i preach uh, but i'm more having a just casual interaction you know putting my voice out there because i know that you know i'm full of revelations i'm full of inspiration everything in life give me a revelation everything in life give me a reason to step out and motivate someone and inspire someone and so what i do on fermi's voice is um come out on that platform you know it's a i call it my space and i invite everyone to that space um i invite inspired leaders people who are potential leaders people who see people who see themselves as leaders and people who are driven to be a leader um and so i bring them into that group and and we talk from a leadership perspective you know what can we speak of what can we say what can we bring out you know to our audience to inspire them to 
motivate them. And so I, I um, actually, my, my focus is on dreamers, visionaries, you know, builders, people who are, you know, actively building something, create, having creating a creative mindset. We want to bring that gift out of you. We want to inspire you. And many of us have already reached a certain platform. We're doing things, you know, we are out there servicing, you know, people in our community. So we come together to inspire one another and to bring new uh, people and new perspectives. Every Sunday, that's what I do. So it's just a voice of inspiration that I do on Sunday afternoons on Facebook. It's called Fermi's Voice. Tell you firsthand, it does work because you are one of the sole reasons why I had the courage to start talking junk. Because we, we worked together. We met uh, at a nursing home that we work in. And you just, you inspired me before even having Fermi's voice as a Facebook page or starting your counseling. So you, you were detrimental to me starting this. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, you know, there's a, something I'm very big about is presence. Um, I inspire people to be present. You know, whenever you are in an environment, make sure that your presence, even if you're silent, you're not sharing a word with anyone, but your composure, your presence, you know, there's a like a, a there's a thing about a, a 10, 10 feet distance. The, the minute you approach someone, you know, uh, from 10 feet away, the person need to know that they are safe around you, that, you know, they can let go of their fears and all of that. And so I believe in presence. And so I'm, I'm glad to hear that my presence at, um, at in the work environment um, motivated you to start talking junk. Who knows what more will come out of, of, of this? <laughs> Hopefully a lot will come out for the both of us. Hopefully. So now what led you to becoming an ordained minister and a chaplain? You know, it's a calling. I believe everyone in life has a calling. Uh, you, you just have to know it. You just have to find that voice inside of you uh, that guides you to it. Uh, so it was a, it's, it's a calling because I overcome so much in life. When I tell you I should not be alive, I should not be sitting here so at ease and inspired and optimistic about life and so positive about life because I overcome so much things that should have shut me away from life, shut me away um, um, from having any meaning in life. Um, you know, I'm a person that could have been, if I was not dead, I could have been in existence and not living. But because of that calling, I'm living. And so I found myself being so empowered by the overcoming experiences um, that I've had that I felt that I'm, I'm in such overflow, you know, of empowerment um, from overcoming so much. I, I thought to myself, there's got to be people out there, you know, um, who need to hear, you know, from my experiences. I couldn't possibly be the only person that God created to overcome so much, you know, and to keep it to myself. So I decided to seek, um, you know, sometimes you have to thank yourself, you know, what do I do to bring all of that out to people, to society? What do I do? And in prayer, of course, I pray. 
and ask God, lead me to the people, open my eyes to see um, the people that I need to interact with at that level. You know, um, where are my, where am I, where, where is my circle of influence? Um, how do I come out, you know, of that environment where I was that was destroying my life and to come out, um, you know, to, to the higher place where I can meet other people to bring them up. And he began, he started to do it. <clears throat> I started to identify uh, my people around me, my circles started changing. You know, it, it just happened. I'm looking and, and I'm seeing different uh, values. I'm, I'm hearing different sound, things that normally um, did not make sense to me. And now I'm around people that were speaking like my language. You know, I started hearing sounds that made sense, you know, in my new place. And I started identifying that, okay, something is happening in my life. You know, I'm in a different place. And and, and that place was a leadership. Then I began to see myself as a leader. But it was not just a leader. It was, um, you know, to become a minister, a minister, you know, to minister to other people from a biblical perspective, you know. And on top of that, uh, by identifying the calling, I also, you know, uh, studied psychology. I got a degree in psychology, which is really uh, what I was, I was really pushing to, to the, um, in the path of psychology to become a counselor, a licensed counselor, mental health counselor. But somehow, you know, before I attained that level, God, you know, took me, um, you know, led me to become you know, an ordained minister. And so I tied in the psychology which helped me to understand the psyche, you know, the mentality of people. What causes people to think the way they think? You know, why are people evil or why are they so good? And so with the psychology knowledge, I'm able to put that together. And of course, with biblical knowledge, it gets deeper because that's when you get to the deeper things, you know, uh, um, of the spirit, of the inner person. And so tie in with the psychology I have the biblical knowledge. I have the psychology knowledge. It helps me, you know, really to have something, um, you know, something to deliver to the hearing of people to help them see life, you know, in a much better way, you know, than where they are. So wherever a person is, uh, whether you are in a place of doing something just basic or you already, you know, moving very actively in, um, you know, in, in your um, activities or your calling, and everything, wherever you may be, you know, God has equipped me to be able to be, to be a helping hand, you know, and a voice for people in need of a push, you know, to, to fulfill their purpose in life. Now, I, w I was going to ask you about that, about uh, your psychology degree. So that came after you became an ordained minister, correct? Um, actually, let me see. Yes, I was ordained in 2012. I was ordained in 2012, yes. And I actually started studying psychology um, about five years earlier. Five years earlier, not knowing that I was going to be pulled into ministry, you know, to be a pastor, to become an ordained minister. But yeah, in between uh, studying, it was a slow pace, getting the psychology degree. I was supposed to do it in four years. I did it in almost eight years <laughs> <laughs> well you see i thought i thought you got that after you became an ordained minister so i was completely wrong so you did everything almost together 
I actually got it after I started studying psychology, not knowing I was going to be called to ministry, but but I got ordained in between the time, you know, uh, that I, I got ordained in 2012. Um, you know, I got ordained in 2012 and I graduated in 2015. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you had more than one calling at, at the same time. Uh, correct. God kept me very busy. Very busy. So how did you get into the healthcare field? Again, everything in my life is a mystery. God just keep, you know, <laughs> just nothing that I chose. You know, during the time that I was studying psychology, there was a time where I became just a student. There was nothing else moving. I couldn't work. I couldn't find work, uh, which explains, you know, becoming a, a minister. Um, I, I would apply for jobs. And I mean, I had skills, experiences, knowledge, you know, to get good jobs. But no matter where I applied for six years, I couldn't find any jobs. You know, life get re got really, really difficult. Um, and so, and because I'm a very active person, um, I thought there's no way I can just be going to school, you know, and not finding something else like a service. Cause I'm, I'm, I, I love to serve. I love to be in a place where I'm working. So I thought, let me do volunteer works. And so a friend of mine uh, was working as a chaplain at a nursing home and she invited me. She said for me, would you like to, um, to be a volunteer one day per week? I said, sure. So every Tuesday I would go to the nursing home where she was working as a chaplain and um, I would volunteer one hour. Um, I actually did prayer, you know, a whole hour, you know, of, of service with the residents of that nursing home. And four years later, I went to a mis missionary trip and I came back. When I came back, I found a message from the administrator of that nursing home um, telling me that my friend was no longer there. You know, am I interested um, in the chaplain position it was a shock to me actually because i didn't even know that my friend was no longer there like i said i was i was i received the message while i was um on a missionary trip so i was told that um all of the staff in the building you know they were so taken by my presence and uh, you know how they felt at ease and you know how much strength and value meaning that i brought to them in the residence and everything Everybody fell in love with um, the type of message that they were receiving, and it helped them to find some type of, you know, um, uh, healing and strength, you know, beyond what the doctors or the, the nursing department was doing. And so the administrator thought, okay, well, if everybody, you know, likes my service, then, you know, it would be fitting to invite me and, in, in, um, you know, uh, offer me the position, which I gladly accept. Not knowing how I was, how was going to do it, uh, but I'm a person who believes whenever God, you know, take you to a place, you know, he will provide the skills, he will provide all the resources, and I'm always a person who follows his leading, and so I took the job, and so here I am, three years later, still working as a chaplain. Well, there was no way it was going to fail, because you have such a welcoming voice and such a welcoming <laughs> presence, so it's, it's you. only natural you put people at ease. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and that's, again, that's, that's what my, um, that, that's exactly what my, I feel that I am created for, that I'm built for, to be present for other people. Um, I'm a very optimistic person. I can't, negativity for me, you know, it's, it's so detrimental to people's lives, you know, and I understand um, there are people, not everyone, not everyone's built the same, you know, uh, people coping skills and also intelligence, emotional intelligence level, you know, is not the same. You know, some people have, you know, higher level of uh, coping abilities than others. And so um, I think that God built me in a way that I am very, very strong, you know, with um, in my, with my thoughts, very strong when it comes to seeing better things in life. It always gives me, you know, a hand to take me out of situations and pull me in better places. And so I offer the same thing to other people. Um, again, I know that not everyone is built with that level of coping skill, but that's why people like myself and yourself, you know, is placed before them because everyone needs a helping hand. And even us, we have our level of, of weakness weaknesses, you know, again, this is where we can take our junk, right, and turn it into a treasure, and when we turn it into a treasure, we can actually impart it to somebody else, we can turn it to somebody else so that they can see if we can do it, they can do it. Exactly. You know, everybody's you voice counts. Me. Everybody's voice count. And and I remember when I first met you and you know in sharing, just having a, a chat with you and you know about what I do and all of that, and you sharing your experiences and you know your 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 skills in everything and what you want to do. I'm like, wow, you know, um, this is this is inspiring to know that I have somebody in my environment who's also so positive, and you. You too at the workplace you show such such positivity you know you, you like a beacon of light you're a beacon of light you know among us so thank you too thank you to you for being so present for us uh, I, there's no other way to be those people are there and most of them it's sad to say are on their deathbed so yes you got to give them something to look forward to in the morning that's right. That's right. You know, um, I want to share something about that. Uh, when it comes to death, before I became, I mean, be, even before I become a chaplain in a nursing home, uh, that's not something, even when I became an, the, um, an ordained minister, I always told God, I don't want to ever have to do a funeral. <laughs> I don't want to ever have to do a funeral, you know, because I'm a very, very sensitive person. Um, I'll do weddings. I'll do all of the fun things, but Lord, don't let me ever do a funeral. Um, and so I grew to understand the process from studying, um, from understanding, um, you know, from studying the word of God and also from experiences, you know, how I um, see that life impacts people, people before they die, you know, and I come to realize that death is actually a beautiful thing when you you understand it from a biblical perspective when you understand it from where you were born because the bible says um from dust you come to dust you will return and and it's that dust you know jason it is that dust that causes us to, to bring junks into us <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, from dust we come. I think it's the dust that had caused Adam and Eve to sin. <laughs> You know, well, there, there are a lot of people out here that do crazy things for dust. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that dust it it causes us to do crazy things. But somehow, if we keep looking for better things in life, if we keep uh, looking at life from a positive uh, perspective, if we keep looking up and not down on ourselves on situations, we have to look up, we have to look forward. So even death become a beautiful thing because the Bible says from death, from dust you come to dust you will return. So how do you return to that dust? You have to come out of this body which was created from dust. You have to come out of it. And what comes out of it is that inner man. It's the spirit that's causing you to speak, that's causing you to interact, that's causing you to see things better. It is the spirit of a good God that is inside of me, inside of you. So if you keep looking for better, if you want to come out of the dusty place, if you want to come out of the deadly place, if you want to come out of those, somehow God will lead you, life will lead you to a place where you start coming out. And the coming out means it could be from a young age, it could be from an older age, you know, but when you get to that deathbed, when you get to that deathbed and you, 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 you turned your life around, you come out of the junky place and say, you know what, I'm going to take all my junk and put them before God and I'm going to do something with it, even on the deathbed. And I'm going to give you an example. When Jesus was dying, there was a thief. I mean, for a thief to come on his side, on and of the cross, there was a thief on his side. So which means this person came to, to the side of Jesus as a sinner. They would not have identified him as a thief because a thief is a sinner. But even before he died, he spoke to Jesus and said, today, you know, can you do something for me? I'm just paraphrasing. Okay, can you, can you, can you help me? How can I find this life? And right there before he took his last breath, Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. So what does that tell us? No matter how long we've lived in that junky place, no matter how long we've lived in that place of detriment, no matter how long we've lived in that place where we cannot see light, you know, in life, where we cannot see anything meaningful, where we feel, no matter how long we've lived in that last minute, even, we don't want anyone to wait to the last minute. We would like to see everyone change the course of their life lives and begin to see meaningful, you know, experiences, begin to have good things, begin to enjoy, you know, better. But if it doesn't happen, if your coping skills has not been built, you know, to that level, even on the deathbed, before you take your last breath, you know, you can still come out of that body, that dusty place and still, you know, go back to God, you know. And so it's, it's, it is um, an amazing experience. Again, as I start to say death to me become a beautiful thing the first ones as I as a chaplain it was tough it was tough to see somebody dying and of course as a chaplain many of them pass away with me present everybody else did what they had to do the doctors did what they had to do the nurses did what they had to do all of the workers and I'm the one I'm the one remaining there, you know, to do, you know, the to, to help them cross over, you know, to, are you still there? 
okay to help them i cannot hear you okay to help okay praise god all right to help them cross over and i've seen it i have seen it where i would pray with them you know when i'm doing the last um the last rite, i will hold their hands sometimes their eyes would not open you know for a long time before they pass and i would hold their hands and next thing you know when i will tell them tell them if you see the light go ahead and walk through it you know go ahead and let go it's okay to travel you know and go to eternity and then they'll open their eyes many of them open their eyes and start looking into like they're looking into something you could tell they're not just looking at me you could tell that they are transitioning the experience is beautiful you know it's hard to disconnect from someone when it comes to death it is hard but when you do the work that i do and you know that your position is to help somebody cross over from this life to eternity it's a beautiful experience to know that you help somebody you know so being a minister that's one of the joy that i have you know now like i said at first it was not easy <laughs> it was tough but now for me it's a joy to know that i can help somebody to understand inside of you you know there is a beautiful person who can go to eternity and enjoy life you know uh in eternity it's a beautiful thing and if i can do it uh for someone while they're living you know so that they can see their purpose they can fulfill their purpose like i did you know at a certain point at a certain point in my life it's even a greater joy for me now how can we as people who are not used to death or seeing death in that way how can we get used to that especially now in a day where you don't know who's going to turn up dead because of this uh pandemic you cannot you cannot get used to it there's no such thing as getting used to death if i was to tell you that you can get used to death there is no way anybody can get used to death it is a detachment it is something uh about detaching from love because people that you love you detaching from them you know your friends there's no such thing as getting used to that okay um as a matter of fact there's nowhere in the bible that it says to get used to death there's a process that you go through that makes it easier to handle you know you're giving different steps to apply you're giving different level of instructions and you know uh, instructions to apply in your life to make it easier you know but get used to it no you cannot get used to it but definitely as i was telling you as a minister um i never wanted i'm a very sensitive person i never wanted to uh to do funeral also anything but i've done so many now because i understand the value of it from a biblical perspective what death is about everything is about knowledge everything jason is about knowledge you know everything is about knowledge there is a verse knowledge is power there is actually a verse in the bible in the book of hosea um that says um my people perish god is saying my people perish for lack of knowledge that applies in every aspect of life not just a christian not just somebody who is going to church not just somebody who calls himself you know a believer of jesus christ having no knowledge will cause a person to perish 
whether you are a Christian, whether you are, if you have no knowledge, you will perish because people need to learn. We were created to, we were created to build from, what can you do without learning? I just saw you struggling a little bit with this computer, with this system. (laughs) (laughs) See, that was supposed to be a little behind the scenes thing. We we wasn't supposed to tell everybody we had technical difficulties, but it comes with the job. You you can never uh, get the system right. It it always happens, no matter what you're doing, whether it's from the car radio to the smartphone to the smart TV, something always happens to where you have to keep it going and try to do it again. And it's a process. But you know what? The people who are listening can appreciate the fact that they didn't see, you know, what you had to do so that they can hear this voice. They can hear, you know, this clear communication. You know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a good thing to be able to bring something that is dying to life. Okay, it's a good thing. And how do we do that Through knowledge? If you didn't have the knowledge on how to operate it, would you have done that? Then this 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 moment would have been dead. Nobody would have heard. So getting used to death is not something that anyone you know that can ever happen. You know, you don't get used to it. You just get better prepared. You get empowered. You get stronger in your coping skills. You get stronger in your coping ability for it. Your emotions are better sustained you know, through knowledge. Uh, but no, getting used, you don't get used to it. You just you just um, build yourself up you know, to deal with it better. So what what are some of the steps that you could take? Maybe you can give my listeners some feedback on to how they can start coping better. Um, well, again, we said earlier that everybody was born to die. That's the first thing. That's the first thing. Um, and I also um, I would encourage everyone to talk about death. Don't avoid it. Do not avoid it, because because death. This is a this is the lie. Um, it's a myth when people say, "Well, you know, I'm from the island. I'm from the island, and people from the islands we want to hide death. You know, if if mom is dead, we want to wait a year later to tell mom. It's gonna get worse. It'll get worse when you wait a year later to tell mom. You know." But if we if we talk about death and we explain the process of death, we bring people to the knowledge of it. Um, when it happens, then they get to know, especially when you help them understand the steps. They are grieving. There's a grieving process. You want to start preparing people for it. You want to you want to talk to children about it. You, you want to you can even, you know, have family talk about it. It should it should be it should should be a topic for conversation in a family setting. Uh, you don't have to wait until somebody's dying to talk about it. It's even more difficult. You see how we're talking about it now? We don't have anyone that's dying. We don't know any, but we're talking about it. And this so, is just so, something that happened organically. It's not, exactly. it's not a topic we sat down and said we were going to discuss. Exactly. Okay. So again, it is fitting for this time that we're living in. It is fitting, you know, for the situations that we're enduring. Oh yeah, it's it's all over headlines everywhere. Okay. Whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, Fox News, CNN, it's it's everywhere. everywhere. 
okay and the death pole is rising up every day so this should be a topic you know people need to talk about it and um, I would encourage actually if people will call me you know uh, for um, uh, the better life coaching we can talk a little bit more I can set up sessions with people because that it's very detailed but I, I promise you that once you get to talk about it and you prepare yourself um, you know I know many people will come back and say man this helped me when so and so passed away this helped me you know when I had to deal with such and such such death you know and so the first thing number one as you said first thing is to let it be an open conversation let death you know don't let it be a scary thing as people make it seem okay you know why number one like I said is because death will happen to each one of us so why should we hide it and that's what makes it scary that's what causes people to fall into so, such bad emotions and their lives are even destroyed from it because they never want to talk about it nobody talked about it with them no one everybody but it up to them but it's it's a, it should be an open conversation just like you talk about the dinner we're gonna have later or just like you talk about you know the breakfast we're gonna have we should be able to talk about death as well so I encourage people to contact me you know for better life coaching and I will be more than happy you know to have some sessions with them and it's you don't just sit down and talk about death uh, she does counsel for for many other things can you give us examples of other things that you've counseled people on I mentor. I mentor them because I'm not a licensed, um, you know, um, counselor, but I am a licensed uh, coach. You know, I am a licensed coach, and so I mentor people and I coach them. Um, and so some of the things that I do is relationship family foundation I'm very strong about that you know if you have difficulty dealing with um, your family you know don't know why things are happening in your family why your children are behaving the way they're behaving children behavior I'm pretty big about that uh, again family foundation um, you strong know, roots grow strong trees very thank you that's right that's right and that's something that I had to build on my own because I didn't have a strong family foundation but again as an overcomer I had to learn I had to um, get knowledge I had to study to find out how can I turn around my own situation how can I turn it around for other people so I come to have you know um, that information I come to have that knowledge and that level of empowerment that level of resource that I can pass on to other people so I'm big with relationship I am big with family situation I am big with self-discovery self-discovery for people to discover discover who you are identify everyone has an identity amen that can lead them to purposeful living everyone and it's hidden most people have it and they don't have anyone you know or sometimes they're in an environment where people on purpose actually keeping them you know in a dark place about who they are sometimes it's from a selfish uh, you know uh, uh, from a selfish mindset selfish attitude but um, one of the things that I do is help people discover what is it that has you you know uh, so blind about who you are what is it that has you 
you? What is it that keeps you in that dark place? Um, do you have a problem building your confidence? You know, those are the type of things. Uh, confidence, I'm big with that. When you can help people to build their confidence, there isn't anything that they can do. You know, one of the things I want to share something on Fermi's voice. You know, I'm very laid back, um, very casual, just like you are right now. You know, very, very laid back. You know, I'm not a big makeup person. Um, you know, what you see is what you get. You know, well, I'm not gonna... I think it would be kind of weird if I put makeup on. <laughs> not you, me. <laughs> no. Listen, but you could have, you know, you could have had your beard all nice and, you know what I mean, and the braids, etc. But, you know, like me, look at me. I have my hair all spiked up and everything, you know. Um, it's still beautiful. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know, I want to show my natural beauty, and I want people to do the same thing for themselves. So on Fermi's voice, I do that on purpose. Um, and I don't have any, any problem with glamour. I don't have any problem with people who want to show themselves with the diva look with the gold and the diamond and all the makeup and everything the problem that i have with it is the hour that i have to spend to try to remove it <laughs> you know, that's the problem that i have you know an hour to put it on an hour now i have better things to do with my time i have things to read <laughs> i have books to read <laughs> in an hour i can read half a book you know reading anything so, good <laughs> Right now, the Bible, many other books. I have tons of books around me. But anyway, um, I read a lot of inspirations. But anyway, I'm a very laid back person. And so I just like to help people um, to do the same thing. You know, um, let just let down your shoulder and let your hair out. And, you know, be natural, be natural. And, and let the confidence come out. You know, let it come out. Let your light natural. shine. Let it shine. Exactly. You know, yes, from a biblical perspective, let your light shine. You know, but from a natural perspective, a social perspective, let your confidence be heard. Uh, you know, when you sit somewhere, you don't have to, you know, to be fidgeting or, you know, slouch or anything. You know, just be natural. Uh, whereas, because sometimes we can get very comfortable if we cover up so much, we get uncomfortable because we're not natural. We're not us, you know. And so that's one of the things I love to do for people. Let me bring the natural you out. Let me help you be natural in what you do. Let me help you build your confidence so that you can find that place of purpose that God created you for. And like I said, Junkers, her coaching works perfectly. I can tell you firsthand. Like I said, she's one of the reasons you're listening to us today. We are on our 10th episode <laughs> we we waited we saved number 10 solely yes. for you i wanted number 10 number 10 is your number <laughs> this is your episode so let our junkers know and our future <laughs> listeners your future uh coaching students where can we find you like clients clients <laughs> right. where can our and students yeah our, where can we find you 
Well, you can find me at um, Better Life Coaching. My name is Fermi Simpson. Um, I do work as a chaplain right now. Yes, tie in with my coaching practice, Better Life Coaching. And you can call 954 area code 638-5780. Area code 954-638-5780. And my email address is 2020betterlife at gmail.com. 2020betterlife at gmail.com. And I have a flyer that's out. You can find me on Facebook. Um, Fermi Simpson, first name Fermi, F as in Frank, I-R-M-I-E, Simpson, S-I-M-P-S-O-N. Fermi Simpson, send me a, a friend request, or you can send me a friend request to um, Fermi's Voice. It's a private group. You know, if you're an inspired leader, if you are an inspired leader, you can send me um, a friend request for Fermi's voice or just my public page. I will gladly accept you, okay, on Facebook. Um, again, my contact information is um, Better Life Coaching, 954-638-5780. Email address is 2020betterlife at gmail.com. I hope to see you soon and hope to hear from you soon. <laughs> but, you are, and me too. <laughs> but I do want to thank you again for honoring us with your presence on the podcast today. Um, unfortunately, we do have to give it a wrap, but do you want to exit us out in a prayer? Of course. Of course, dear God, eternal God, our Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. There is always a, it's always a good place to pray, no matter where we are, oh God. There are many listening tonight that needed a voice, they needed a whisper. And I pray that uh, what we have shared uh, tonight, to this, this evening, this morning, this afternoon, wherever they may be in the world, what we have shared is a whisper. It's a whisper into their issues. It's a whisper into their joy. There is a place in the Bible, Lord God, there were some people in trouble. And you had dispatched a prophet to go and minister to the people in trouble. And you said that you were passing by an earthquake, but you were not in the earthquake. You were passing by a raging storm, and you were not in the wind of that storm. You were passing by a raging fire, and you were not in that raging fire, but there was a still small voice in the midst of all of those uh, situations. And you said that in that still small voice is where you were. And so tonight, oh God, this morning or this evening, this afternoon, where they may be, if there's a fire raging in their lives, if there's an earthquake, if there's a raging storm, I pray that what we have shared tonight will be that still small voice that will draw them closer to peace, that will draw them closer to positivity that will draw them closer to a life of purpose, oh God. I pray this in the hearing of the people who heard this voice tonight. And may they continue to follow after better. Even in with all the junks going on in their lives, they will look after a better life. For this is my purpose. This is my desire that your people will be drawn into a better life because you provide the better life. So we pray all this, God, in your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for stopping by. 
Thank you. We'll be sure to put all your links and all your information into the uh, post down below when we air the episode. That way you thank can. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. Have a great night. It was a pleasure. Good night. <laughs> yay! Yay, yay! You heard that? Well, obviously, because if not, you wouldn't be hearing this. But if you are hearing me right now, this could be your voice advertising your business. Or I could even be the voice promoting your business, because you know I sound good. But seriously, email me at talkingjunkthepodcast at gmail.com and let your business ring in the ears of our listeners from around the world. Low funds? No problem. We could work with any budget. So what are you waiting for? Email me now. What do you got to lose?